Hello and welcome to this special episode of the EG Property Podcast with me, EG Editor Sam McClary. In this episode, I'm chatting with Louise Wyman, Strategic Director of Growth and Development at Manchester City Council, about the city's green ambitions and its intention to become a place that is synonymous with social value. Recorded as part of VG's Future of Manchester event, Louise shares her views on just how important partnership with the built environment is for the city to achieve and really build back better. If you'd like to watch EG's dynamic Future of Manchester production, head over to www.egi.co.uk forward slash the future of UK cities forward slash Manchester. Or if you'd like to read all about the city, do make sure to pick up this weekend's EG magazine for full coverage of the event, including expert commentary from players in the region. But for now, you know what to do. Grab that cuppa or head out for your daily constitutional and enjoy this EG Property Podcast. We're here with Louise Wyman from the City Council. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for this Future of Manchester programme. And I really want to talk to you today about Manchester's really lofty um, uh, sustainable ambitions. Uh, you know, you set yourself quite a, t- quite a tough deadline. Uh, but we know that um, if anywhere can, Manchester can. Um, and from the conversations that we've had with with people in the marketplace, there's a there's a real desire to be a showcase for for meaningful development in Manchester from a sustainable point of view and from a social value point of view. But I was really keen to talk to to you about the the city council's role in that and 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 how Manchester as a whole can can achieve. Fantastic. Well, it's great to be here, Sam. Delighted to join you. Uh, And this is such a huge priority, sustainable development and our ambitions of net zero carbon by 2038. When when I joined a little over a year ago, this was up there as number one kind of priority for the city. Obviously, we're, we're now facing massive challenges with economic recovery and so on, despite being resilient through the last year. So, so I would say we're now looking at how we can drive both the sustainability of the net zero carbon agenda alongside our recovery plans. Um, I think there are three big things really that we look to do uh, as a city council. You, you can't do everything, but we certainly set that ambition. We set the policy context. We follow through with our planning policy. Um, so, so a bold kind of vision, uh, not not lofty, bold, I would say, <laughs> bold and ambitious. And that, that is the Manchester way. Uh, we do an awful lot to champion and to partner with the right people who kind of share that ambition. So we do a lot with the Manchester Climate Change Agency, with the Resilient Cities Network, <clears throat> a lot of lear- learning that we can do both internationally and locally. So, so we really kind of put it high on our list and then find the people who share that agenda, find the development partners who are on the same journey. And then I think demonstration projects. So, so you know, we've got some amazing projects happening across the city. We're trying to move Ancoats to be a net zero neighbourhood. So we're doing lots around kind of mobility, bringing cars off the street, out of blocks into a kind of central hub, shifting to electric vehicles, centralising parking deliveries, uh, putting all sorts of kind of electric charging opportunities in. Uh, We also see the move before too long to hydrogen. So we need to be planning now for that kind of shift to a hydrogen economy. Some, Some really big thinking other good demonstration projects will be Mayfield, where there's loads of, kind of fantastic green infrastructure going in, access to nature, and then a really bold scheme 
for the north of the city, what used to be known as Northern Gateway, just this week rebranded as um, Victoria North, which will have a linear park at the heart of a big residential scheme for 15,000 homes over time. So we use our big strategic major projects, if you like, to demonstrate the, the bold ambitions we have around sustainability. And how do those those conversations go with with developers these days? So is there is there a real partnership between um, public sector and private sector on achieving these goals? You know that there has to be, and I would have said uh, let's look back kind of five even five six seven years ago it was a more challenging conversation. I I really do think that the thinking of of uh, the progressive developers and we're fortunate to have a number of those in the city. The progressive developers are in this space. They're actually often leading us to to kind of uh, show us technologies that they're working in. Uh, I think it's also worth thinking about, you know, who who provides um, sustainable energy, for example. So we do a lot with Energy Northwest, and, and they're one of the groups that are leading a lot of the thinking in the kind of shift to hydrogen. So spending time with utilities companies alongside developers, uh, the conversations have got more creative, I would say, uh, and more aligned. So that 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 gives us reason to be optimistic. And we, we talk in, in the programme today about um, Manchester sort of developing into this city of, of quarters, although everyone says there's more than four quarters, so I'm not quite sure how that works, but uh, but these um, communities in there, and you've talked through some of the, the green communities that you're you're going to be developing. And I, I wonder from a from a city-wide perspective, if those those flagship projects help sort of encourage maybe the smaller developers or the individual owners to to um, sort of sign up to, to the ambition too. I think that's right. That's why we refer to them as sort of demonstration projects. We all know it's easier to demonstrate kind of uh, real change and transformation at, at a big scale. You've, you've kind of got economies of scale. But actually, we do a lot of the finer grain um, kind of level as well. Um, just really simple strategies. We have an initiative called A Million Trees. And so there's an ambition there to plant a million trees across the city over the next five to ten years. And, and so that's being rolled out. We kind of monitor it. We we publicise how many trees have been planted. Uh, and even if you're doing a small infill project, you know, you can certainly add street trees. We've done a huge amount of highways improvements through um, the period of the pandemic, A, because there was less traffic on the roads, uh, and B, we have that kind of ambition again to, to reduce the vehicles in the centre of the city to, to clean up air and so on. So we've pedestrianised roughly 20 streets in the, in the central areas. A lot of those are now going to be kind of tree-lined. Um, uh, so I think just by showing visible change and showing leadership as a city council and, and asking that of both our our major partners, but also of you know we have an awful lot of small medium enterprises that we work with. Uh, so so yeah, you're right. It's about setting examples and then kind of making making it meaningful at every scale. Um, I'm glad you've used the word meaningful there because when we talk about sustainability, in my in my mind, that's not just environment. It's about creating places that are you know that sustain that la that last and that and that people want to to be in and that people can can live in. And, and one of the things that we've seen from Manchester, particularly over the last few years, is is a commitment to um, social value. You know, we've seen developers who have um, really put that at the core of, of what they're doing. And uh, I, I'd love to know from you more about what the how the city is is sort of embedding social value into its development, its growth. Yeah, great, great question. You know, it's so timely because uh, just tomorrow at our executive, we're taking a, a refreshed policy on social value uh, and we're increasing the amount we will look for from partners 
in terms of social value. So for us, social value is around, just as you said, uh, creating jobs, creating apprenticeships, creating, um, you know, supporting the volunteer sector, working with our third sector. We've got a really big third sector in Manchester. So we see that there's a lot we can do to, to generate those long term opportunities for our residents uh, and also for, for our neighbourhoods. Uh, and we previously, in, in all the contracts we commissioned, so obviously we can commission a huge amount of work across the city, we would look, we kind of score tenders based on 20% social value. Uh, we're increasing that as of tomorrow uh, to 30%, where the extra 10% will be for social value that aligns to our net zero carbon ambitions. So there, I think you can see that kind of joining of the sustainability uh, hopes and, and aspirations we have for the city alongside how we expect partners to help us demonstrate social value and, and do it in a kind of green uh, smart technology way. We, we want to be a centre for green growth. We want to pioneer alternative technologies and so on. So, so it helps us kind of get to some of those end goals. Um, and what do you think that focus on that sort of uh, innovative culture, I suppose, in, in delivering delivering meaning, meaningful places, what, what do you think that will deliver for, for Manchester as a, as a place? What matters enormously, we probably all thought about this more during the last year, but is is that long term resilience? So I would now put resilient alongside kind of sustainability and uh, and also the inclusive growth agenda. We do have extremes of, of wealth and poverty across the city. Many cities face this challenge and we have it and we've actually seen our, uh, you know, our poorer communities, our black, Asian and minority ethnic communities you know disadvantaged by the pandemic and disadvantaged by the economic moment that we're in so these agendas are so important to, to bring about inclusion to to uh, make the city resilient long term and, and unless we're driving it as the public sector there is there is that kind of carrot that we feel we we have to lead with to encourage partners to come on the journey uh, to create long-term resilience yeah, we've been amazingly fortunate i think through the pandemic our office market has held up we've seen some of the best deals uh, yeah, I think we did 35 completions of major schemes in the last year uh, compared to 2019 when we did 27 completions. So we, we've been resilient as an office market. Residential has remained strong as well and the letting market has been good. But but we've had to do an awful lot of work behind the scenes. Uh, and I think the other strength of Manchester is that kind of partnership model. So, so everything we do when we develop economic plans, sustainability agendas and so on, we do it in partnership with our business sounding board. Um, and those investors, the anchor institutions that we have across the city. And is there something special about Manchester that enables it to to be so resilient that can you know enable it to increase the the number of buildings that it completes in a year when most of us shut down uh, a lot of a lot of progress we might have made? We were looking at some data that came through from Avis and Young, and we ha we've done more transactions than any other city outside London in this period. So so you know there's there's a bit of uh, we're asking ourselves the same question. Uh, I, I think it's the Northwest spirit. There is something in the people of the city. You, you look at how we responded to the Arndale bomb, you know, at that moment, how we responded to the arena bomb. There's an amazing business community that comes together, that puts social value, that puts the future and the resilience of the place at the kind of forefront of a shared agenda. So yes, it's a competitive market. It is uh, wherever you go, but there's a huge amount of collaboration. There's a huge amount of um, goodwill and, and that kind of strong voluntary sector matters as well. So I think we've got a very uh, uh, fortunate mix, if you like, of, of the people that, that drive the future of the place. Fantastic. And could you tell us a little bit, a little bit more, um, I suppose, about about the um, the increase in um, uh, the social value that you're going to be looking for and just how how 
I guess how the the private sector will respond to that is responding to to that and and I guess where you'd like to take it eventually and what what the you know ideal outcome for Manchester is in terms of being a place that delivers sure I mean we we are bold in the ambitions that we've talked about today uh, but we see a role really about bringing bringing partners on that journey so that that's a big part of of our kind of responsibility if you like as as uh, public servants uh, and also sharing learning and and knowledge and uh, if, you, if you think of the history of Manchester you know you've got uh, it's the home of the cooperative movement so so you've got those you've got an awful lot of institutions that choose Manchester uh, because of its its public spirit of, of its uh, commitment to social value uh, and that that's what we're interested in in growing and using a really challenging period that you know as we now uh, recover and, and bring people back into the city we're just doing all our contained plans uh, and again the the spirit that we can build by collaborating by bringing others on that journey I think that gives us the bedrock of future resilience and I, I think that's how we've we've managed to get through this time with with some you know some pretty decent outcomes in terms of our property market. Fantastic. And uh, one of the questions that I, I'm asking everyone that I speak to um, for this programme is, is how they how they view the future for, for, for Manchester. You know, we have we have talked about it being a city that has been hit hard. And, you know, you mentioned that, um, you know, some of the poorer communities have been hit especially hard for, for um, through the COVID pandemic. Um, but there is, all, you know, if there's one thing we know about Manchester, it is, as we've said, it's re- it's resilient. And so, uh, I'd lo- I'd love to know from you what you see the future of Manchester as. Certainly, there there are three uh, words that I often come back to. Uh, certainly, a, a healthier city. We've all thought about health and our urban environment. So we're doing. We've learned so much about public health, and I sit on a, a team alongside our director of public health. So. So, and we know that those poorer communities have had the worst health outcomes as well. So there's much more we need to do in the, the kind of healthy environment, uh, healthy place space, healthy place making. Uh, so uh, certainly healthier, greener, you know, there's some of the projects I've touched on, we will become a greener city. I think it's one of the criticisms of Manchester that's quite a, an urban, gritty, kind of built uh, form. You, you, there aren't that many big public uh, parks and open spaces, so we're changing that. We're doing a lot of work to, to actually refresh our public spaces, to redesign areas like Piccadilly Gardens, to add new parks. Uh, and then inclusion is huge. You know, that that has to be part of how we create opportunities for the communities that have been disadvantaged um, uh, and create, you know, a more flexible working pattern so that people who may have been disadvantaged in the workplace can find opportunities to kind of benefit from those new jobs that we create. So, so loads more around inclusion, green growth and a healthy city. And if there was a ask that you could um, put out to our audience, obviously the, the real estate audience, into to helping deliver on that future for Manchester, what would that ask be? Come talk to us, uh, come come share your, your plans as well. And if, if you share some of the ambitions I've outlined, we would love to work with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the EG Property Podcast. We hope you found the content insightful and helpful. If you'd like more of the same and to keep up with all the latest news, views, analysis and research that the EG Group has to provide, be sure to sign up to all of our property podcasts and subscribe to Radius Data Exchange for unlimited access to all of our content and comprehensive 
commercial real estate data.